you for calling Cyber Fights Wrestling Federation. Thanks, I got a big old fight coming up. A fight? A big fight. Who are you? How big are you? About 5'8". Five, 5'8"? Five, well, I'm 6'5", and I'm 10, 30 pounds. So come on down, okay? Oh, I'll take you out, big guy. Yeah, fuck you. I'm coming up there with my death grip. Apply it to your throat. How's that sound? Hey, I'm talking to you. Welcome back to the Pitcast after a little bit of a hiatus. A long hiatus. <laughs> we've uh, we've decided to assemble once again. It's me, Carter, the MTG Meatball, joined by the great Matt Moss, Edders, and uh, the dude who keeps on crushing everyone, <laughs> Mr. Lorian Elman. Thanks for joining us uh, this afternoon. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, it definitely is. Why is it? Why has it been so long since we've cast him last? We've been playing so much magic. No time. No time to stop. We've been we've been meeting up and playing a lot a lot of middle school. A lot of it's, middle school. I would say it's been like ninety percent middle school, ten percent mm-hmm. old school. And do you think do you think that's because of the the novelty of it all, or is there something to be said about the gameplay? Uh, novelty. Yeah, that's a big part of it. I mean. I don't know if it's is it the novelty of old school or just or the novelty of middle school I mean or is it just being bored with old school like for example we've also been busy doing other gaming as well like we've been playing uh, old school EDH a lot about yeah. once a month mm-hmm. and we've even been just doing other games like a hero quest campaign it's amazing I had no idea this game existed and as like a long time Dungeons and Dragons player I was like completely floored it was all of the things that I love about Dungeons and Dragons in this really condensed, kind of kitschy package with all like the little miniatures. I love that when you enter a new room, you have like a little like bench thing and like a yeah. little armory it's thing cool. that you set down. Oh, it's just for a game that came out in what, like 1987, 88? 88, yeah. It's so like aesthetically pleasing, even compared to games that are made it nowadays. Holds up too. It, it really does. But and it scales so it's design ages like nine and up or whatever. <laughs> but it scales well to adult play. Yeah, it's, it's still cooperative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's still all in the dice. So I think I'm, the I'm good. Well, I think I think the point that I was trying to make about about middle school is, I think it's it's refreshing not have to to not have to play against these extremely powerful cards and really really yeah. broken interactions restricted and cards that's a big part of it restricted I mean, there are powerful cards in middle school yes yeah. yeah. there's you can play with necropotence you can play with factor fiction force yeah. of will I mean, the, the johnny part of me appreciates the card pool in middle school i feel like with old school i get a brewing idea and then it kind of fizzes out right away because there's only what 
like 50 cards that you can play with in old school or something. Sure. Like, in middle school, there's like <laughs> more or, 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 yeah. Crackers, probably 51. <laughs> yeah. 69. <laughs> it's probably number 69. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I think, I think, I think the gameplay is actually more um, strategically interactive than yeah. than old school. There aren't there aren't the potential for these like insane blowouts. And it's funny when we were um, this was the this was the third annual Relic War, another tournament we had we held at the back of the Donorman Tap, which I'm sure will sound familiar to listeners who have. Uh, heard us regale of uh, of previous tournaments um the the relic war is our foray into swedish rules just so that we don't <laughs> sound like complete hypocrites when we say that our rules are better <laughs> we're like we did it and we but we know <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta taste a little bit of everything to know what tastes best <laughs> right you do you gotta say you gotta taste all the flavors yeah and you say oh well yes this is this is clearly better but needless to say like there were many times throughout this tournament where things happened to me on the first and second turn that I had absolutely no way of interacting with. Yep. And I was like, okay, this this doesn't feel like a strategic game. And that's okay because you know what you're setting up for when you play when you play old school. It's more just about the sheer pleasure, you know, of these of these yeah, ancient cards. But smashing each other. Right. But when you when you play something that is more balanced, like middle school. It's really a shock when you're like, "Oh, well, this is a complete joke." You just like Lotus mind twisted me two games in a row. Like there, there, there wasn't yeah. even any semblance of a of a contest. So it's it's you, you know it's funny. Like I now finally understand why people play like good decks What's in that? in old school because it's because they're used to the kind of strategic back and forth experience. And so you need to play one of these good decks to compete on that on that particular level. Whereas in most formats, when you you can play practically any deck and have interactive, close back and forth right, games. Right. And so I'm like, oh, I, I understand now because I had been in the bubble of just like the filthiest of casual old school players for so long. And I realized a little bit a little bit more about what other people want to get out of a given game of magic. Mm-hmm. They want it to be they want it to be interactive. They want it to be they want there to be back and forth and that the cards that that each player has are of a similar approximation of mm-hmm. power level. Yeah, and that's the problem with the or the critique rather of any restricted list is it's like, oh, how many restricted cards are in your opening hand? Oh, six? Oh, okay. Well, how much of the game is yeah. that Absolutely. So in a format where there's no restricted list and everything is balanced or fair and there's only a ban list, you don't have these really swingy situations anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that it's something that I'd sort of taken I'd, I'd taken it previously as being the only thing that's true. And I sort of I, I understand a little bit more. And I was I was feeling those mind twists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. But um I mean, part part of the reason we've got Lorian on the on the podcast today is because he took the whole tournament down with a deck that was mostly unpowered, right? That's right. Well, so basically, yeah. So uh, Pink Aggro, I typically run it with no power because I don't own any power, mm-hmm. and I have thought in the past that I don't really need it. So uh, it has eight Fallen Empires cards out to remove, a set of Acacian Javelineers, yeah, and a set of Order of Late Bird, 
And the strip mines. It sounds like your deck was severely uh, hindered. Yes, yeah. So uh, I added a fourth White Knight because I only run three. I added three Sarah Angels because that card is sweet and it's better than like a Tundra Wolves or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I added in like two Fireballs. Oh, so you made it bigger. Yeah, I made yeah. it a little bigger, a little slower because I also added uh, the two Moxen, Black Lotus, and because it's a one strip mine format, Library of Alexandria. Yep. Oh, sure. I mean, that card has no business in an aggro deck, but when it cannot be answered, I mean, I won, I lost and won. There must have been probably four games where it was like turn it's one, library, library that person wins. Uh-huh. And sometimes it was me, and it didn't really hinder me that much, even though I was supposed to be the aggro deck, because just that much card advantage is almost hard. It's almost impossible to stop. It's almost impossible to stop. You basically need a mind twist or, yeah. or like a balance or something. You sacrifice a turn for a personal howling mind, essentially, yeah. is how it works. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely wrecked me. I was not prepared for the Sarah Angels or the Fireballs or the Blood Moons. I was like, oh, he's just on pink. And then, nope, you've got this bigger version of it. It was it was impressive. Yeah, yeah. You see that, you see that with a lot of archetypes in that uh, rule set where, as opposed to these really, really uh, aggrocentric, efficient decks full of four strip mines and just one and two drops, yeah, you know, slide lines, credit, yeah, slide type build. Yeah, you see you see more decks kind of going up the curve where they play Savannah Lions and Serendib and Suchi and maybe Sarah Angel, like kind of rounding it out at the top end with more with more lands. But I think I think probably the big the most powerful part of of that deck is the sideboard options that are available to you. Oh yeah, I was I was thinking about main decking Blood Moon, and I think I would have been fine doing that. Ooh, I don't think that there was a, get you. there was I don't think there was a single monocolor deck that I played. Everyone I didn't was see any in the room. Yeah, and that's another like in an, in uh, a one strip mine format. I think people the idea is to get more greedy with your lands because you don't have to worry about your mana base getting cut down. Right. That's what I did. Yeah, maybe yeah. you're going like heavily three colors or splashing even a fourth or just going straight prismatic build. A critique I've had of a Blood Moon index that play planes is that when your opponent plays Felwer Stone, yep. you're giving them the white mana that allows them to disenchant it. Yeah, that is true. Although in both of the control games that I played, um, they were playing, I think it was Jaco and uh, Danny Friedman. Danny, they yeah. both had planes. They were like really greedy mana bases, but they were smart enough to play planes. And I think Danny was playing Felworth Stones. I don't think Jacob was. Uh, but it's I, it's something to think about when you're building this really greedy control deck that's almost all basic lands mm-hmm. or almost all non-basics. If you want basic lands, the ones you prioritize are planes because they're the ones that are going to help you get out from under. Yeah. Right. Danny's Danny's version of the deck is like both extremely greedy and not greedy in that. He eschewed playing factories because he really, really likes moat. Yeah, as a sideboard oh, option, yeah. he's he says like yeah. moat moat is is practically better than everything at, like any other sideboard option, even against flyers, because you can answer flyers with counter spells and swords and stop their factories cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is like a really disciplined choice in that way. But all, but at the same time, he's like so, so, so short on win conditions. Yeah, he was punished. In uh, in the second game that we played, he resolved a mirror universe. Uh, and I think it went from, it was uh, 17 to four, right? Okay. So I'm at four and I have to get him back down from 17 to zero. And I did it because 
He was playing one fireball, I think three lightning bolts. He had already spent one. Couldn't find one of those. Couldn't find a recall. Mm-hmm. He basically used, you know, uh, those really intense control decks that don't play many win conditions. That's occasionally that'll happen when they don't draw. Yeah, he just drew card. a few duds late in the game. Yeah. Yeah, even like those interactive cards, when you're behind on board and, you know, your opponent has like a ton of redundant cards, then, yeah, that's all you want is the is the thing that closes the game. I've, I've found that. That happens a lot when you mirror someone down to four instead of three. And mirror, of course, in this rule set is way worse because you can't mana burn yourself. Yeah, that's right. I didn't play in my mirror universe deck that I really like to play because of that rule set. You can... Once you get the mirror into play, just kind of pick your spot, and your opponent taps out. You burn yourself all the way down and fireball them or Triskelion them to to cheap out the W. And then you and I had a particularly hilarious interaction where you resolve the Blood Moon, and I've got a greedy five color mono base, so I was totally <laughs> locked out. And then you resolve the second Blood Moon, and the turn after that, I finally wrote my orb, but it didn't matter at that point because yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, the second move. Yeah, the second one. Yeah. yeah. So I I had zero planes in my deck and got totally punished for that. Yeah. Well, and and I would say on the other side, like you rarely get punished for playing out more than one uh, Blood Moon. Not many people are running Tranquility. Yeah. I think that's I had on the board. Oh, okay. But you didn't didn't think about no yeah. no it wasn't on my radar <laughs> the multiple blood moons <laughs> whoops well it's very unlike you to have a ne- to not have a nevs disc in your deck yeah but you didn't you didn't bring any nope no nevs and you no, no, rocks full right. green mode just yeah. five color busted stuff mm-hmm. so with uh, did, did did you have a were you playing like a mid range deck yeah just like five color mid range so Sarahs and um, Ernie's and stuff all the all the busted cards and. Were you like a Birds of Paradise mana base or no Fellower Stone? I considered Birds, one Fellower Stone, but... Just the Elves? No Elves even. No Ramp? Yeah. Interesting. Taking it slow. Because you were probably playing Lightning Bolts. Yes. Bolts. Playing Lightning Bolts and Swords. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That does allow you to, you know, pack your deck full of threats, full of actual cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what Lorian did you lose to then? You went 5-1, right? I lost to Jason Paul. He was on like a Grixis. I thought that it was a Grixis Atog build, but a couple people said they never saw an Atog in his list. I don't actually remember if I saw one, but it was like a Grixis uh, artifact deck. He, I, yeah, I lent him a Abyss, so I'd be surprised that he played Atog oh, in yeah. there or any non-artifact creatures. Reasons? Man, I don't think so. I this it's so like I need to take note. Like if I yeah, you know, if I'm gonna give a tournament report, I need to like because <laughs> it all it all yeah, you start winning, you gotta start taking notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once you've played like two dozen games in a day, they do kind of just blend together. Yeah, I do remember in both sideboarded games against him, he got out two um, my uh, black vices. And both games, I dusted, dusted them. <laughs> and in one game, I won. And in one game, it, that still wasn't enough. Mm. It was sick. I dusted, dusted a few uh, Black Vices throughout that tournament. I played Stasis, but I for, I made some pretty big mistakes. <laughs> building mistakes? <laughs> because I was, cause initially, I was going to play this really horrible mono-blue Ashnod's Transmogrant deck <laughs> with like copy artifacts and bottles of Suleiman. And I was kind of <laughs> like looking through the blue section of my old school magic collection, <laughs> and I just <laughs> I just ran my fingers past the stasi, and I was like, ah, you know what? Yeah, I can't I can't say no. 
Sometimes, sometimes you just pass over the, that car and you're like, oh, all right. I just want to watch people. I'm, play, I'm playing Stasis. There today. was uh, somebody, I forget which round it was. We'll say it was round three. Someone announced that it was Moss versus Carter. And I was just like, oh, man, I really don't want to fucking play against Stasis. <laughs> it's it's, it's it the nightmare. It turned out that they incorrectly announced the pairing. And I played, uh, I think, Robert Vincent. And he... It was a dog fight, and he was on kobolds. <laughs> Dude, your deck is like a nightmare matchup for me. It's so 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 bad. Oh uh, yeah. All of the cards, all of the cards that you play are so excellent. Blackface, amazing because I'm just kicking the turn to myself over and over yeah. again. Anka Mishra, the same. I have to play land after land after land after yep. land to keep the stasis <laughs> yeah. going. And then when you, even even if I, so if I don't have you completely locked under Kismet. The late game Atog that you just draw and play will just kill me. Yeah. Because all of your artifacts that are in play, you can sacrifice. So you don't care if the Atog untaps or not. You can just do 17 or whatever damage to me. Yeah, it feels like every card in your deck is like a stone cold bullet. It's yeah, awful. The, the problem that I saw with Atog without strip mines or with one strip mine is that Atog is really designed to win fast. It's like a Blitzkrieg. And when you when it gets to the mid game, unless I rip a draw seven, it, you know if I'm just trying to rip a bolt off the top, I could easily draw two or three lands in a row and lose. And that happened a lot, not a lot, but I lost some games just because I, I would get to the middle and flame out. Uh, whereas normally with the strip mines, <clears throat> I can kind of depress my opponent's mana base to the point where it's like they're stuck in the early game, and that might buy me extra time to build up, you know a creature threat or whatever, rather than just getting to an actual turn seven and I'm trying to mount a threat fair and square in the middle yeah. game. Yeah, um, the strips make your vices and your onks It just both powers better. everything up. Yeah, and it I, does. On, when I, I was unable to attack you know, on that mana base axis, and that's like one-third of a tripod gone, and I, I just felt like I had one of my three arms tied behind my back. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did, so the, the deck kind of played a little bit like how I would use it after I sideboard to wit I brought in Serendibs and um, kind of switched more to like a blue red burn style um, I like that strategy yeah and it's just it's just way more fragile um, without strip mines so you'll have that um, but I got to incinerate a lot of people with bolts um, <laughs> and chains it got me pretty good one unlucky bastard got three chains on the first main phase <laughs> um, I top decked a, a side blast. You had a set, I, a set of chain lightning. As, and I, I ran the side blasts as well. Um, and I ambushed uh, Little Greg with one of those, or maybe two of them, I forget. You get a Sarah Angel? Feels pretty cool to trade that. No, I didn't, I didn't see a resolved Sarah Angel all day. Um, but like I said, I got into this dogfight with uh, Robert Vincent, who was on Kobolds. And he, again, we got to the middle game, and he got like one or two Gauntlets of Might out and just enough kobolds that I couldn't even bolt them to get rid of them. And he just trampled my ass with like four or five kobolds. <laughs> ah, that's so awesome. That was a game too. Good man. Yeah. I haven't played against him. It was gnarly. That's um, awesome. And then I'd like, love to lose to that. Yeah, it was something else. Because <laughs> like, uh, I had a turn and I passed it to him and then like he played a gauntlet of might or something like that and I just scooped because it's like, well, I can't hurt I, I can't remember exactly what happened, but like I had no way to deal with his creatures. I had like one bolt, and he had like five guys and like twelve power on the board or whatever. I forget the exact numbers. So I'm just like, I'm dead to all these little wretched bastards. That's a card I'd like to own. Um, 
Which one? Gauntlet of Might? Gauntlet of Might. That's a really cool card. It's cool. It's a really, really cool card. Let's, speaking of turn one libraries, we have to regale <laughs> the story of me versus Mr. Edders in round two. I had just, uh, been, hum- you. I had just been humiliated by Ray, one of my many arch <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm, can we do a sub-story on that one? Sub-story. Why is, why is this so humiliating, you might ask? <laughs> Um, yeah, so Ray, I've got a pretty good track record against Ray, and we were, I think Cardi and I were testing, and Adam, I made some glib comment about Yeah, how you did. I, very, and it really came back to bite me. <laughs> but I made a comment about my record against Ray was like infinity and O. <laughs> I never lost to Ray. And I was thinking like, mm, I think I've never lost a game to Ray, ever. And then, so we get to the, we get to the fucking Relic War, and we get to game three. He ambushes me in game one, whatever. I drew like 29 lands in a row. Game two, oh, you mean that thing that happens yeah, to you? Only every game. game. Game two, I just blitzkrieg him, whatever. We go to game three, and he does like a turn two side blast on one of my lands and I just don't I, you, you mean psychic venom or excuse me yeah psychic venom and I, I think it was a volcanic island and I just Ooh. needed that land the whole game and I ended up taking like 10 or 12 damage off that volcanic Ooh. and then eventually he just got there I think he had a really timely earthquake that killed an atog uh, or killed one of my two and I forget it all, and then yeah, he got he got icy out. He was able to isolate, manipulate my other Atog and get over <laughs> the top with the uh, factories. Do you think that deck is better his. or yeah, his deck? Do you think Psychic Venom is better or worse with unrestricted strip mine because the Psychic uh, Venom player can strip the opponent, but their opponent can strip their own Psychic Venom land. I think do, do you think that's a wash, or is it better for the Psychic Venom It's better player? for Psychic Venom. It's I don't know. I, Venom. I will say that Greg, or not Greg, because uh, <laughs> I blew him away. Um, <laughs> Ray and I had a had a rematch, a cage match, later that night, and he took three out of five against me. And I was thinking, I was looking at his deck list because he posted it in our chat room mm-hmm. today, and it was pretty well positioned against me because he had a ton of mana rocks, right. so he's good against Ankh. Mm-hmm. He's able to dump his hand, all those rocks, quickly to get under uh, my vice. Icy manipulator and um, like I can't interact. It's well great with at that. answering like a singular threat, like yeah, Atog yeah. and Serendip. Um And you know, Grixis Atogs is weak to enchantments, and he's playing a bunch of enchantments, uh, copy artifacts, and psychic venoms. And it's just like I can't really stop any of those unless I just blow them away early. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and again, like I said earlier, once we get to the mid game, it just kind of fizzles out. But Last Atog deck story, and this is a good one. So I'm humiliated by Ray in round one. We go to round two. It's me and Edders, and he was it game one or game I, two? I have completely blocked this from my memory okay, I, because it was the most shameful okay. match of magic yeah. that I played well, the well, entire day. Well, just for comedic value, we'll say, we'll say it's game two, so it ended the round. But uh, game, he leads with turn one. Um, Library of Alexandria, and I which go, you picked up not too long ago. Not too yeah. long ago, right? from you, from me, yeah. <laughs> from because I brought. I You're brought, like, hmm, I, I know that. Little yeah, guy. I, I know that library. I've, I've studied at that library. I studied yeah. there. Um, yeah, because I bought uh, Brendan Bowersox's and then Tyler bought mine. Um, oh yeah. So so he goes library and then I go land, uh, Mox Anka Mishra. Yep. Pass. Then you play uh, a land, take two damage. Yeah, you play a land, take two damage, draw, draw a card, card, whatever. Then you pass back to me, and then I go. Um, let's see, I played a second Ankh. Yep. 
And then I was I like, oh, fuck. And then I passed because <laughs> you're, you're basically down one land because you're trying to twiddle the library. Right. So then you play another land, take four, then you pass back to me. Then I go vice, vice. Oh. And, I've, oh. and I've got seven cards in my hand, of course, because yeah, I have yeah. an active library. So you're yeah. and I just, I just scooped. I was so like, yeah. It was a quick scoop. I'm done. This is over. Yeah, that was about Fuck a, it. Let's play middle school. Yeah, that was like a 90-second match. Yeah, because you'd already taken six damage off the Onks. You were going to take another six off the Vice, and then you needed at least... You had to play at least one more land. And the best part was I had literally two disenchant effects in my hand at the time, but I'm like, I'm not even interested in trying to navigate this because it's not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> I'm already dead. Okay, here's a question. Um, well, hold on a second. So the, just to... Turn one library is scary, but I guess you know there are other ways around it. Like you can just punish their hand for holding on to the cards. With I was, I was, yeah, I was gonna kind of speak to that. Your opponent goes um, black vice go, and you have library. What do you do? It's in play. Yeah, like your your opponent leads with black vice. Uh, it's the the turn is to you. You're at seventeen. You have library in your hand. What do you do? Do you get off library? Do you yeah. like play landmarks right. something? If you, if you cannot destroy. Uh, the vice you have to get off library because you'll be dead. It does like the the thing that makes library so good is it guarantees that you're going to win the long game, yeah. mm-hmm. but you will never get to the long game if yeah. you die to black vice, which you, you will. ten damage that yeah. card. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. If you try to work the library to see one or two extra cards, you're going to be at like twelve eight life. You'll have taken like nine or twelve damage, just like that. Yeah, yeah. And then comboing that with Ankh is just brutal. Yeah, because I. How do you fight that? Like, would you, you try to draw off library to get a white mox or something and play that and blow it? Like, you need a Shatterstorm or something. Yeah, those cards together are like Sulfuric Vortex. Like, if you yeah. do nothing, you'll, you die. you'll just die. If you do yeah. anything, you die. It's yeah. great. Yeah, the yeah. Blue, red, blue Red X Atog is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of, it's like, it's a hated deck, but it's not from, like, the old, old school decks. You know, it's not the deck. Mm-hmm. It's not Blue Red Counterburn. It's something that's a little bit new. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a new philosophy that's been backported to the old ways. It is. Exactly. It is. It's like modern deck building philosophy with old school magic cards. There's just so much interlocking redundancy and, um, you know, the different strategies fuel each other. I don't, it's very synergistic. Yeah, yeah. So enough on I that unsavory build. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of I messed up with my deck. I should have played more copies of Recall, to be honest. Did I you forgot. I, I, yeah, I forgot that Recall is yeah. unrestricted in this format because it's so absurd to me. <laughs> because whenever you do anything with Recall, your opponent just looks at you fucking miserable from across the table as you like pitch two lands and get back like Demonic Tutor Time Walk yeah. and <laughs> proceed to take like and four more four walk. more turns. Yeah, absolutely unreal. Um, and I forgot. And I forgot to put balance in my deck. I lost to Danny. Botch. Yeah, that was a botch. It's like the only removal spell I have. <laughs> so that was bad. <laughs> that was really bad. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I lost to I lost to Danny playing the deck. It's a tough matchup for me uh, because he has so much more interaction. And I don't have really a sideboard plan for him. I've got three Sarah Angels on the sideboard that I should have boarded in to try to like get him because the matchup mm-hmm. is kind of bad. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I didn't think to do that. And I lost to I lost to Jayco, uh in a matchup that's actually good for me, Titania Song, because a lot of those artifacts don't really do anything. Uh, but I got mind twisted. I got Lotus mind twisted all three games, and I actually managed to win one. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you pull that one out? Um, 
because I I think I top decked uh, Time Twister or something. I I like I like top decked really well. I think, and I managed to get I managed to get Kismet in play. Mm. I got off remove enchantments and uh, played more boomerangs, and I think that's good. I would have played I would have played a second recall for sure, and I might play a second Kismet. Because people are really afraid of that card, they just snap disenchant it, which is kind of where you want to be. You kind of want to get that disenchant yeah, out of that hand. Your you're later. protecting the 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 stasis because because the the yeah people just really really don't like that card. It makes them really uncomfortable. Yeah. They they figure that after I play Kismet, I'm just going to kill them the next turn. So it's good at it's good at baiting out that that. Uh, that removal, yeah. So the glorious disenchant, the, gl the yes. hollow disenchant. Yes, yes. Because it's like they're they're gonna cast it anyway. Might as well. You might as well get them. I think Stasis is a really really good deck. I don't understand why more people in Sweden don't play it. It's very very it's very good. It has like it just has absolutely absurd top decks where you, like you'll be like later on in the game and you're like if I I have a Howling Mine and a Sylvan Library in play. If I draw Stasis mm -hmm. here, I just absolutely win on the spot. My opponent can do absolutely nothing. It takes and a particularly refined taste to appreciate <laughs> the Stasis. Yeah, there's a certain level of psychopathy required. <laughs> well, if you play the deck, I just don't understand. Like, if you play the deck, you should try to play Stasis. It's pretty much the yeah, same thing, it's, except it's just better. Except what you can do <laughs> is you can the deck is just better. <laughs> I, I is just better. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about this one. But, but what you can do when you play Stasis is you can just play with your hand open, and you can explain to your opponent that they can never win. Demonstrate the loop. Whereas with with you know fucking Jam Day Tome and whatever, it's like you actually have to go through the motion of killing them. You can you yeah. can literally just say like you're dead. Deterministically, you have a you, you have a deterministic like hard lock. Your opponent will <laughs> never take another relevant turn, <laughs> and so people. So I think it's very hated for good reason. I like I understand that. I wouldn't subject somebody to like game after game after game of stasis. But if you want the deck experience, you know, if you want to be the asshole, play stasis because it's not the deck. It's more. It's like it's not as good, so you're kind of going at it from like a different angle. Yeah, you're still the heel. You're still like totally the bad guy, a hundred percent. Like you get to you get to be that guy, but it's a more interesting deck. It's more challenging because it's less powerful, and it also just wins. So and it has the sickest art in old school. And stasis is the best art of any magic card of all time. But what I have, what I have before me is a is, is a deck even sicker. Oh yeah. Than Stasis, which this, is this little beauty was is from this the butts uh, and build. Mike Butson, is this the butts and build? The Lich Lord butts and build. He actually won the award for most creative um, for his. Was this bug? Yeah, bug. His bug. Or no, no, no. Yeah. Wait, why is there why is there tigers in this deck? Because he's a fucking madman. Oh, because and wants he ran a wheel. wheel and he ran red blasts in the side. I don't have a sideboard oh. picture. Here, but, uh, sorry, for, oh, so this for is, the viewers at home, this is a red, green, black, jund, blue, uh, jund lich list from Mike Budson. Four color lich. And he won the award for most creative at the Relic War, and he got a copy of Little Troy's uh, "Wanna Be a Baller" CD. 
as his <laughs> prize <laughs> with uh, the Lord's theme song. Yeah, still a bitch in still my book. Still a bitch in my book. Uh, but uh, this is so. This what, what do we see here? We see three copies of Lich, uh, Dark Heart of the Woods. Is that four maze of this? Uh, yeah, he ran four. He told me he would have liked three instead. But um, yeah, what's really on. ballsy about his copy of this Lich deck is he has one Mirror Universe as the Win Con, and one Avoid Fate to protect his Liches. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So this deck was. So wait, wait, wait. How win with? Because Lich reduces your life total to zero. I think it specifically oh. says you lose all life. Yeah. And then you don't he the needs to pass the life. turn and get to his next upkeep and then switch That's life great. totals and then you're zeroed out. So this is a four Eureka deck. Yeah. May So with the sole uh, unholy purpose of casting Eureka, putting Lich into play... Hopefully, putting something like Dark Heart of the Wood into play. Then you're sacking all these forests for cards, and you're building the combo. Hopefully, with um, you can you know dig for a time walk and get your mirror out. This is a work of art. Yeah, it's got three copies of Fast Bond. It's interesting. Do you do you think that Dark Ritual would be better in that slot? Ooh. What do we think about Dark Ritual? Well, he's not trying to do anything quickly here. You're setting it up. Right, that's why the bird is good. Because you because you have to pass the turn with this deck. You're gonna need a preponderance of mana to both cast Mirror Universe and hopefully pass the turn mm. at the same time. And I suppose and you're gonna be you may have to sack lands on the way to get there to stay alive too. And you know another thing is Dark Ritual doesn't cast many of the cards in this deck. No. Uh, it doesn't make all the mana for Eureka. It doesn't make all the no. mana for any of your green spells. It's great. Lich is four black. It's play. black, 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 black. <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah, it's the blackest of all metal. Cards. I think this deck will just always win most creative. Like, you could seriously run this back at, like, any tournament that you go to, and people will still be like... Lich it's is, really something that's up Lich my is alley. one of those cards like that it. like everybody thinks about, not everybody, I'm generalizing here, but pe some people think about brewing with, and uh, it just takes a lot of stones, which butts and had in spades on this day to actually play it. Right. And what I've always heard about uh, Lich decks is that inevitably they'll go, you know, two and four. They'll get two, they'll win two matches, and then in the other four, yeah. they will lose to Disenchant. <laughs> yes. So I kind of wonder, I mean, I didn't see a lot of white in the games that I played. And if it was there, it was kind of a splash color. So I wonder if Disenchant was just around less mm. at this tournament. There's something about... It may have been. Yeah. Fewer strip mines, people are playing more colors, but more non-white colors. It's yeah. quite possible. I played four. There, it was a very artifact-heavy day. Some of that's just the theme. It was called Relic War. Sure. And like I lent out a couple workshops, so I know people just had a more artifacty bend. <clears throat> excuse me, um, toward their deck building. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Five, well, I mean, he went what five and one. Yeah. It's like insanely really? impressive. Yeah. With and, this list. and he wow. in the final round, it was really crazy. In the final round, uh, Jason was five and zero. Oh. He was four and one, and they played, and he beat Jason. Mm. I beat Danny, so there were three five and ones, and I just happened to have the best tiebreakers. Oh, I'm sure being pared down absolutely murdered Jason's. Yeah. Well, he was breakers, he was the right? only he was the only undefeated at that point. Yeah, interesting. And he got the pared down, and he got the pared down. Wow, you know, I think a very interesting deck building philosophy here 
uh, when I when I look at this list is the use of avoid fate to protect Lich. like really important um, cards like Lich or Mirror Universe. I've always thought that avoid fate is is a lot better suited to like protect your time vault or to protect your stasis or to protect your Lich than it is to protect your you know, Urnum Gen that you try to giant growth berserk. I agree. You can just play another creature. Yeah, exactly. It's like when when the effect that the permanent has is completely irreplaceable, then uh, and you and it will cause you to win the game. Yeah, I mean, has anyone ever cast an avoid fade and it not be a blowout situation? Like you, you never really, see it yeah. coming. Like one hundred percent of the time, it's like. Yeah. The only thing is, it doesn't. It, gets, it yeah. doesn't stop sorceries. Only enchant or uh, auras and um, instants. But enchantments are at a very interesting position in old school, as we all well know. There are a lot fewer cards that answer enchantments as opposed to other types of yeah. permanents. Um, and the most played one by a very, very wide margin is, in fact, an instant. That's true. Yeah. Or or um, or any of the blue or red blasts too are also probably like yeah. some of the more common ways of destroying enchantments. Dude, I totally forgot avoid fate is any permanent. I thought it was just creature. Yeah, I know. Wow. I think a, I think a lot of people think of it as like a creature protection yeah. spell. Yeah. But I think it's like a mirror universe protection spell. Yeah, I mean, sure. in my mind, it just goes into like a green red stompulus to like protect your urnum or whatever. But as you said, just play another creature. What are you doing? Just yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Because it's it's a really avoid fate is a really high variance card. It, it's either a blowout or it loses or you the game because, because it's dead. dead. Yeah. It just sits <laughs> in your hand and does absolutely nothing because. But as a one of here, it's great. It's I, really really good, and it's a green. This is like a, a primarily green deck. Yeah. Um, so you can always cast it. So it is it is the counter spell of choice, and I think anybody building like sort of this type of archetype, like like primarily green, focusing mm -hmm. on mirror universe or like some other important permanent like Arborea or uh, I mean Abyss I don't know mode, Abyss whatever, mode exactly just rock solid enchantment. And you're and you're eschewing like you're not Stasis? going super heavy on blue. Yeah, like if you're on a band build. Well, I was thinking, uh, yeah, I was thinking of doing more green because I added Sylvan Library Sylvan Library back into the deck. Um, and there's plenty of cards that are really good with stasis, like Drop of Honey, or... Man, I'm really curious if that... What number card that is. Like, is that number 59? Is that number 60? Or was that, like, number 12? Or he's like, I'm going to play four <laughs> liches, and of course yeah, I'm going yeah, exactly. to protect them. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say number 60 would have been the wheel, because it's the lone red card. Maybe not. Mm. Yeah, know. what's up with that? I mean, so he, he, he splashes blue for blue power, and then red and then for wheel red to dig. For and you don't see the sideboard in this photo. Yeah, but so he there's had red. red yeah, he might have sideboarded Mind Twist. I would absolutely play both draw sevens in a deck like this. Yeah. I think I would play. Oh. Um, you can dump your hand. God, I would. I would try dark. And ritual. with actually wheel with fast bond is sick. Wheel with fast oh, bond yeah. is amazing. Okay. So it, it's also so good with dark ritual. Core but it's, yeah, of the deck. And no this is Emerald. a car a Cartesian Cartesian type play pattern in this deck, isn't it? Oh, just a top deck and draw seven, and <laughs> and then draw a time walk and win. I know. Back to the avoid fate. I just remembered. Uh, Butson told me he was able to protect his lich one time from a disenchant or something with uh, achievement unlocked. Woo! So 
Ooh, that's worth it. That's oh. worth showing up for the tournament. I think enough on that deck tech. Uh, Butts and we salute you. We're still a bitch in our book, though. Yeah, that I very very impressive. Hats off to you because it's still one thing. It's one book. thing. Still, still a bitch in our book. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know it's yeah it's one thing to show up with a with a gnarly ass deck, but to actually run the tables, I think that's I think that's fucking yeah. great. So Incredible. so hat so hats off to you. Speaking of still a bitch in our book, we should uh, give mad props to uh, Mr. Charlie, aka Marty Selenius. This is a little bit, we're a little bit tardy on this, but when we were out at Pescadero for the, uh, what was it called, the Urza's Chalice, mm-hmm. uh, he got his Lord's Patch and we forgot to give him big ups. On that's, right. that's right, that's right, because we, we indoctrinated uh, two more and then Charlie, of course, was made, a, was made an honorary Lord. It was about time. I mean, that dude is, you know, as much a Lord as he is any other club because he's such a prolific traveler, but uh, we're hoping to convince him. He's to, got a lot of Sky Miles. Yeah. Definitely, we're hoping to convince him to move from LA back to Chicago because he's a <laughs> an absolute staple of the of the old school community. I mean, I don't I don't think there's anybody who travels more. He's got a lot of sky miles, that's for sure. Yeah, to to middle school events or old school events. He's probably the most most well traveled. Well, he's a hobo. I'm sure he'll find his way back here at some point. <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah. park his car out <laughs> outside your street or something. Yeah. yeah, come in for a hot meal every once in a while. Yeah, bring him in and wash him up a little bit. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, I just wanted to make that note before we move on. Cool. So moving on from uh, Relic War 3, uh, there have been... Oh, I don't know how many there have been since uh, we last casted, okay, but... Two or three. There have been three in total... Um, uh, middle school tournaments in a in a series that we're calling Middle School Marauders. The last one was held at uh, Jaco's Boudoir and was won by uh, Gleischer, David Gleischer, who's like an old figure from the MTG card market, as I remember, playing a survival squee stormbind deck, uh, which has always been his roadhouse. He's kind of a he's kind of a famous survival of the fittest lover um but that was marauders three right that was marauders three lauren you showed up to this one editors you've played a different deck at every single one of Mm -hmm. these tournaments right what's uh what's been the most enjoyable experience so far my current squeeze is cartographer astral slide yeah. So Naya, that was cool. you got the you got the astral slides, you got the lightning rifts, and then I was main decking solitary confinement, trying to go, trying to deck people with eternal dragons and cartographers and astral slide, and you just force them to draw their deck and they can't answer the solitary confinement, and that's a pretty hilarious way to win. <laughs> I only did that once on the day, but it <laughs> but was, you did do it, it. I did do it. I did do it, and then uh, of course just you've got the old school game plan of uh, slide out your morph returns as an exalted angel and just beat down in lifelink forever yep. so <laughs> you play lightning rift yeah so yeah. that does that did that win you some games that actually won me probably the most games i was really surprised i was kind of skeptical uh greg convinced me to build the deck around those and i was like i don't know man like two incidental damage doesn't seem good but once you get two lightning rifts online yep. yeah and you like cycle a land, you pay two, you deal four, you draw a card, it's another cycler. It's like suddenly they're very yeah. much within range of just burning them out. Yeah, you're in business. So Well, if you have Cartographer, Astral, Stri- Astral Slide, Lightning Rift, land, cycling mm-hmm. land, right? Does that is that a self-contained engine in and yeah, of itself? Exactly. Yeah. So there's all these little synergies like that with 
the cartographer, and then it also has the Nantuku Monastery, which I think is the best creature land in the whole format. So it's mm. a four four first strike uh, for one in a green if you have threshold. If you have threshold. So people try to blow that up, and it's like cool cartographer, just get it back. Oh, sick! And then yeah, and then and then you've got Wall of Roots. <laughs> sick that you can slide out after you tap it for mana and then you reset it. It's like the whole deck is just all these little micro synergies on top of each other. So really stoked about it. Um, I've got the next iteration and I can't wait for Marauders 4 because the next one is, I think I cracked it. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's interesting when, when considering how to build that deck, how heavy you want to go on um, just resetting your own creatures with enter the battlefield effects or um like that recursion side yeah and how you know like do, do you want it to be like a like a value-ish mid-range deck like a like a survival deck or a rock deck or is it supposed to be kind of like a prison deck yes so my my forbidden prison combo is anarchist plow under so an anarchist enters the battlefield you get a sorcery back in your graveyard Plow Unders return two lands on top of its <laughs> owner's library. Oh, so man. you just like you basically time walk them forever, but I I I, I can't do that. It's it's too ridiculous. Oh that's so Anarchist so cool. costs five, plow under costs five. The the, the math just doesn't work out. That's that ROI. That's amazing. I tried that's it. amazing. Usually when usually when somebody casts plow under, the other person concedes. <laughs> I, I saw the, the spell being cast one time and the person who was getting uh, plowed immediately conceded. <laughs> like, oh yeah, absolutely not. That card is sick. Even. I, I would have uh, played that card. <laughs> that, that was like when uh, Lorian and I were playing middle school before the Relic War. And you taught you named uh, you ripped a cabal therapy blind therapy on turn one <laughs> for muscle sliver and named muscle sliver and I just immediately without even having my first turn I just said you know what I'm an adult here I don't have to take this and I skipped <laughs> I did that to Ben too I named Lackey and he had like two or three oh, and he's like let's go to the next game I'm like oh, that's why you put the card in the yeah, deck that's such a liability to have more than one of the same card in your hand when you know you're playing against therapy oh, especially when yeah. it's the card right yeah, when you're yeah. playing survival. <laughs> Because you're always gonna, they're always gonna name survival, and you have like two survivals. You just feel so bad, especially if you know the dude and they have the soul read on you. Uh, like, the more yeah, you know yeah, them, yeah, the yeah. more likely they are to just stone cold. You, you sent me face. your list, and then like, we played a big up game, and I named Exalted Angel, and it too. I trusted you, man. I, you t- I totally betrayed oh that God. trust. I was like, uh, turn one. Uh, yeah, I'll just get Angel. I just got the read. That's horrible. So terrible. Yeah, cabal, cabal therapists out there, you know, don't don't betray your friend's trust. Yeah, man. I, I, or I, I just don't share there. your yeah, deck yeah. list with someone with with your friend who plays. That's why the we rock. keep this technology <laughs> hidden away in the vault, Area Fifty One. So I was on slide. You had a pretty classic classic meatball. Yes. Yeah. I um I really like going. I like magic history a little bit. I like going through MTG top eight. Looking at old deck lists, I like watching Pro Tour coverage. Mm-hmm. So this, so I modeled my Red Black Goblins deck off of a Olivier Ruel extended deck. So it runs, you know, a bunch of goblins, uh, four Gabal Therapy, four Burning Wish. So it has the Wish board. I love that. It's so cool. It's so cool. My fa- my favorite is the Pulverize technology. It's, yeah, spells that you can cast the turn you wish for them are absurd. That's the Sac 2 Mountains. Destroy all our Oh my god. 
Yeah, there's a bunch of silver bullets in there. Uh, I actually, so it's just red, black, but um, this is the secret technology, but playing four City of Brass and one Tranquility, because I would, I would say that Goblins would be one of the best decks in the form. It probably is one of the best decks, but maybe the best, if not for Engineered Plague. Engineered Plague is like such an easy way to just lock the Goblins opponent out. They will never, ever have a chance coming back. If you lay down one, it's really hard to beat that. If you lay down two, it is like impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Burning Wish, Tranquility, if you can knock out two, then that will definitely get you back in that game. Yeah. And just keep laying down goblins. And Is there any other way for Red Black to deal with enchantments? Uh, I mean, Disc isn't legal. That seems it is, it's legal. Oh, it is? It's, in it's in fourth, fourth edition. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so you could, you could play Disc. Uh, I just like, I mean, I really am, I'm into the Wish packages, so I play, I run... Burning Wish and Goblins, Cunning Wish and Psychotog. Um, and so I look for those sort of silver bullet cards because yeah. it allows, you know, four copies. You know. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Four virtual copies of four 15 virtual cards. cards. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler, the next build of Astral Slide has a wish board. Ooh. <laughs> Which wish? Living Wish? Burning Wish? Burning Wish. Oh. Burning Wish. I think Burning Wish is the best wish. It's just like there are really gross sorcery cards that you would never make an yeah. instant. They're just too gross to be instants. Uh-huh. Ancestral Tribute comes to mind. What is that? It's it, it's like a nine mana sorcery and you gain two life for each card in your graveyard and there's flashback. So with with a deck that you're cycling your whole deck out, you just gain 20 <laughs> life and then you flash it back next turn and then gain oh, more. Went out of desperation, yeah. Nine mana? That's so stupid. Yeah, it's like it's like seven to cast and nine to flash back, or it's like triple white and five or something. I don't know. That is spicy. Yeah, that's very spicy. Well, and you can play it in your like. That's the great thing about the wish board. That's a totally reasonable card to put in your wish board. Yeah, it's not a reasonable card to put three of those in your main deck. Right, right. Or even like sideboard games. And yeah, you have one in your mm -hmm. you have one in your wish board. Sure. And then you have responsible cards like pyroclasm. You just cover your bases or. You know, it's there's there's that other one. Uh, it's three and a red, destroy target land or target artifact. I forget what it's called, but that's just like a perfectly serviceable card. Oh, um, pillage, right? Pillage, yeah. yeah that, card is, is, that card is sick. That's RKF one two one red red, get artifact or land. Get a wildfire in there. That is a sick nasty wrath of god. Just like all these, just nice oh, little. Yeah. Ooh, wish for wrath of god. Yeah, I, I like. I'm into it. Wish I'm for into wrath. it. Although that does, uh, I think Jaco and I were talking about this, like it really limits, or maybe me and you, Carter, actually, uh, by filling up your sideboard with wish cards, it really limits the ability to, you know, just put in like three red elemental blast or just like Mm -hmm. three annul or whatever it is. Yeah, to like really change a matchup in your favor. Like there's times when, um, you know, I've been playing the rock forever. And probably won't change anytime soon, to be honest. And you know, there's matchups where you can just side in ten cards, and you feel like the your deck has completely changed. You know, you're taking you're taking all these crappy cards and like absolutely changing the face of the matchup. You know, like I've got so many cards against graveyard decks, so many cards against control decks, bunch of cards against aggressive decks. Yeah, but you get the extra value from not having the sideboard ever. And you don't, you don't even have to think about it. You don't even have to yeah. worry about it. Well, I'm you, not sideboarding. It's already, it's already done. You usually have like three or so slots. Three or maybe four slots. 
um, to put like, I don't know, bottle gnomes or engineered plague or ratchet mm -hmm. or um, what's it called? Uh, powder keg powder or, or, you know, any, any, any of the, like the sort of flex lot things that you can commit to. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's like, well, when, do, when do the wishes come out? Do they ever come out? Probably never. If your whole 10 cards in your sideboard built for them. I don't know. Do they? I haven't actually cast a burning wish in my um, career. In goblins, I um, I feel like there's really control heavy matchups. So I think I run about ten wish cards and five miscellaneous. So like when I'm boarding in several duresses, then maybe I take out one burning wish because mm -hmm. oftentimes I'm just burning wish for the duress in that particular matchup. Mm -hmm. But even then, uh, I still want to leave in a couple because there's just weird things that can happen to the board state where an aggro deck like Goblin should have no business being able to answer that, but you can still answer it if you Burning Wish for the right, for the right card. Mm -hmm. Gives you outs. It gives you outs. Yeah, like, I run... Right now I'm running a Tendrils. I've never used it, but that gives me an out too. <laughs> tendrils? Goblins? Yeah. How does that work? Well, so it's just... It's a way to get around Worship. So they're on Worship, you know, maybe... Oh, that's so good! Yeah. <laughs> Or just like for if they set up a board state where I can't deal them any more damage and you just need to get through the finish line, you just burning wish for tendrils, that's four life. Yeah. Are you playing Skirt Prospector? Yes. The goblin that makes mana? I can go off. I'm running one right now. I think I may actually go up to two or three because one play that's really strong. So I also run Living Death. So there's like you, yeah. you could either run Living Death, which like destroys all creatures, or you have to sacrifice all creatures in play. Then all creatures from the graveyard come back. Mm -hmm. There's also Patriarch's Bidding, which just yep. like allows each player chooses a creature type to return all creatures of that type to play. I like Living Death more because it can nuke their board. And if you have Prospector, you just wipe, you just sack all your goblins, get some red mana, Living Death, you get everything back, and that's pretty much game over. It's absurd. It's so much fun. There's yeah. nothing more fun than sacking your board to Prospector and then living playing Living Death. <laughs> Is there a Ace Goblin? Uh, well, so there's. Um, uh, goblin Warchief, which gives all of your goblins haste. Nice. Yeah. And Ringleader has haste by itself. That Ringleader has haste. I think those are the two haste goblins. There's Raging Goblin. Oh, yes. Classic. I do not play... <laughs> I do not play Raging Goblin. <laughs> You're not in for Raging Goblin? It seems reasonable. Do you play Goblin Matron? Oh, yeah. Four copies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, like, I mean, it, I, there there's many different ways to build goblins. You don't need to play black. I really like Cabal Therapy, Living Dead, so I play black. You can also play green to play Naturalize in your board to, like, mm -hmm. really have a good chance against uh, Engineered Play. Yeah. Um, but Matron allows you to play less cards like Siege Gang Commander, which, are, which is a very, very strong card, but I would be afraid to run four just because, yeah. you know, I, yeah. my... I could just get really bad draws. I could get three in my hand, and it would be totally useless if I didn't have a lackey in play or something. Yeah. So Matron allows you to play some one-offs to just go and grab them. And with things like, uh, you know, Warchief makes the goblins cost less. Prospector, you can sack them to get mana. Uh, it's really it's really not that much of a mana commitment to play three or sometimes two for Matron. Go get something else. Are you playing ports? Mm. No, uh, because I'm playing... I think if I was on mo uh, Mono Red, I would play four ports for Wastelands. Wastelands. But like my, my, the mana base in that deck is pretty greedy. I'm yeah. running red-black, where it's almost like a splash black, but I need double black for Living Death. And I'm running four Wasteland. So it's already very greedy. I don't want to go any more greedy than that. Yeah, I felt really bad adding a Dust Bowl to my rock deck. I'm like, ooh, you know. 
is is it going to work out? Is it going to screw me over? Because you're splashing white for vindicate. Because so splashing white. It's like vindicate yeah. swords. I just have four white spells and a fifth swords yeah. in the sideboard. Um, so it's not a huge commitment. I've got one basic planes that gets fetched up by a ton of cards, like the Abmai Elder and the Abmai Granger and the Fetch oh, Lane. Right. And um, I've got like two Brushlands and a Caves of Koilos. So I've got probably all told like nine or so, nine to ten ways of getting the getting can, the white mana. Do you have any life gain to offset the Painlands? Yes, just... I'm playing four Baylots and two oh, that's great. the Beast. That's great. And the and the Spirit Monger also gets sacked to the Bayloth, which also comes back from the current nightmare. Yeah, you were totally putting the screws on me at that Dust Bowl when we were playing a Relic War. That I'm, was. I'm kind of glad I I'm kind of glad I added it to the deck because really I figured I needed I needed another late game mana sink, and it's another card that's good against Standstill. Oh, I'm pretty much yeah. after the Standstill Bros. I want to yep. be I want to be bringing it to them hard. And uh, yeah, I wanna I wanna dust bowl their shit to death. Yeah, maybe that's something we could talk a little bit about. Is like the representation of decks that we've seen so far. There's been sure. several. Like standstill has maybe been the most represented deck across the three Marauders. Would you say that's correct? Either that or survival, maybe survival. Psychotog. Psychotog. There were three dragon decks at Marauders 3. Is that oh, right? I forgot about that. Yeah. Ugh, what a horrible deck to be super represented. Yeah. And then Reanimator, I feel like, exists. I, that, that falls into a dragon, of course, but th that's like the boogeyman in my mind. Reanimator? Yeah. yeah. I see, I'm more scared of dragon. Just like the idea that you can turn one in tomb, turn two, animate dead for infinite yeah. mana. It just like went on the spot. Like, you know, a chroma on turn one or turn two is scary, but at least you have a chance against that. Just, swords are. Yeah, right. Just the idea that you can just completely go off and, you know, just win the game right on the spot. Now, if you have an answer to either the enchantment or the dragon with the trigger on, they lose their entire board. I got to do that. I slid out the dragon with the trigger on the slide. Oh, <laughs> no. And it's over. I mean, you, I mean, like, when they go for it, they have the potential of being decimated. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Either, either one of those you can respond to. So if you are looking at a sideboard that has source of plowshares and naturalize and graveyard hate, like you are in a really, really good spot unless you just Blue lose. Blast. On the second turn, you could, you could hydroblast a dragon. Any any sort of answer to that yeah. thing, yeah, with, with the trigger on. Um, so well, let's talk about graveyard hate for a second, because I feel I'm coming from Legacy World, where graveyard hate is awesome, and you have you know Grafter's Cage, and you have rest in peace, rest in peace, and I, I feel so no planar voids. I haven't seen a lot so of inhibited in this format, and I I haven't bought Frexian Furnace yet because I think that card's awful, <laughs> but. Ground Seal and Tormod's Crypt aren't doing it for me. So, like, it, is, is is Graveyard Strategies just really good, or am I just not thinking about this correctly? There's no Surgical Extraction. Well, you get... So the, the, the cards that I've played and found success with are um, Withered Wretch. Uh, that card, if you can play that card, that card... It's absurd. such a beating. It's such a beating because it is, it is. it's a clock plus graveyard hate. It's it's a it's a two-two for black black, has an activated ability of one colorless exile a card from a graveyard, so you get to choose. So essentially, as long as you have one mana untapped yeah. with with your wretch, you know you can play a turn one birds, turn two wretch with with uh, activation backup. And your opponent is but it, is that good though? Like that's three mana to deal with one 
card in the graveyard. Well, depending on what kind of if deck you're ahead you're... of them, if you get the wretch out ahead of them, yeah. and you're not trying to catch up to take things out, they'll never get anything in, right? They just That's don't. They just, yeah, because you just prioritize that. They, yeah. they just don't get yeah. to execute their game plan. They have to find something like Chain of Vapor. That's 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 the really scary card. Are like the end step bounce spells, then entomb, reanimate, win on the spot. So like the 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 permanent based graveyard disruption cards can be answered by the sideboard cards that uh, a lot of those decks will hopefully be bringing in. A card like Coffin Purge, for instance, one black exile a card from a graveyard flashback for for one black is immune to that sort of effect. It's not as powerful, it's more surgical, but um, as long as you have it- Instant. Oh, an instant, oh, oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. you can kind of wish for it. So you can kind of wish for it, Ooh. yes. So every so every decent Psychotog wish board is gonna have a Coffin Purge, absolutely. Yeah. I think that also might be just one of the better removal cards, graveyard removal cards, Coffin Purge. Because like, I do like Phyrexian Furnace. I, I've been beat by Phyrexian Furnace before. Me too. Uh, but you could, yeah, but you yeah. can bounce it. Um, it doesn't remove all the cards like Tormod's Crypt does. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think there are as powerful graveyard answers in um, in middle school compared to something like Legacy or Vintage. But there are answers. Yeah. It, it just kind of depends on what you're going for. If you want to like remove their whole graveyard, just whenever Tormod's Crypt is pretty good. Trying to be surgical, Coffin Purge is good. If you want to get card advantage, maybe Phyrexian Furnace, if you're like not in a rush to get rid of their graveyard. Yeah, that's a better one, I would say, against Psychotog, where you're kind of, you know that you're playing a long game. Oh, okay. And it cycles for a card when when you need it. It's it's less of a bullet, it's more of like a grindy tool. It's better against survival yeah. deck, so decks like that. I've seen dudes main decking Furnace. Is that is that like where we're at? We just need to start hearing that? I mean it's like it cycles. If if you're if you're playing the kind of deck where that's not a huge loss, like maybe there's like a workshop goblin welder deck where it's completely reasonable to yeah. I, why am I saying workshop? Uh stacks uh sure. goblin welder deck. Um not a worker. Yeah, then then it could be it could be a reasonable choice. I I do play a main deck withered wretch in my rock deck because there's just some interactions that are really relevant. Like uh, I, we might have talked about this before, but when rector goes to the graveyard, it triggers, and you have to remove the rector from the graveyard oh, to get the enchantment from the graveyard. Interesting. So if it's you not exile, a replacement, it's, a trigger. it's not a replacement. It's a trigger. It goes on the stack. Huh. So if you exile the rector, then they can't resolve the trigger and they don't get their enchantment. Um. Another, like, usually these types of cards, speaking of, you know, legacy or what have you, usually, like, surgical extraction type cards are, um, I mean, I mean, they can be good, but that effect, right? Like, when they printed Jester's Cap, right? <laughs> Everyone lost their shit because the idea of, like, removing cards from your opponent's deck was, like, so groundbreaking. Oh my god, this is so amazing. I get to take out their win conditions. When you know, look, looking at that from like a knowledge of, of modern magic and how it works, that actually does absolutely nothing. Like you're not you're not affecting their their draw steps in a meaningful way. You've, you've essentially like used a card from your hand to provide an effect on the game that's like so negligible that it, it that essentially is not worth it. It's an investment in the future, right? <laughs> it's, it's a hopefully you remove their one Blightsteel Colossus or whatever right. that they only have one of, but a lot of times right. it's... But if like, you know, if you're a point, you know, if, if someone were playing against me and they were to Jester's cap away my spirit mongers, 
and I only have three in my deck, and I know, okay, now I, now I can never draw Spirit Monger against them. Well, you know, they, they spent an entire card and like yeah. eight mana to do that. I'm thrilled with that. Just prospect. kill them with three top I'll, I'll, I'll kill them. I'll kill them with something else. That's fine. I'll kill you with the fucking be, well, Birds of Paradise. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but a a a uh, graveyard hating card along that line that has been absolutely stone cold bonkers for me is Haunting Echoes. You know this card? Oh. Three black black, and it looks. It's a sorcery, so you can wish for it. Mm-hmm. It looks at all the non-basic land cards in your opponent's graveyard. So even even non-basic lands. Fetch lands. You you remove all of those cards from the graveyard, and then all copies of those cards from your opponent's deck. So if your opponent has counterspell, swords to plowshares, factor fiction, you know, mistress factory, you know, mistress factory, flood strain in their deck. You re- you extract all of that from their deck and and leave them like basically helpless. Yeah, I have PTSD from getting traumatized and then haunting echoes. So traumatized is take half your library, put it in your oh. graveyard. Haunting echoes. Oh my <laughs> god! Suck it all out. You basically are left with like three basic lands. Yeah, absolutely absurd. And so um, wow. there's there's lots of decks that are reliant on you know let's say you're playing against tricks. You can cabal therapy. Either illusions or donate, and they're done. Uh, I was playing against uh, Opalescence, um, like a replenish Opalescence deck. I hit the Opalescence. My opponent looked through their graveyard. Actually, I'll just say it. It was Jenko. <laughs> 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 looked through his deck. He had, he had no win conditions and conceded on the spot. Yeah. I've done the same thing to Psychotog. You hit the Psychotog, boom, boom, it's over. So, uh, you know, lots of, lot, you know, there's, there's lots of combo decks. Um, that or or control decks that are relying on very few win conditions, and when you're playing a more rela- uh, longer protracted game, that's a piece of graveyard interaction that is just ends the game right on the spot. Usually, I don't even get to resolve the card; my opponent just concedes. Yeah, is, is there a is there a graveyard sliver? Is there any like a graveyard chomping sliver? No, not in the middle school canon. If anyone were to know, it would be you. <laughs> the the sliver queens. It's such a shame that that disenchant sliver isn't legal. That would oh be so good, wouldn't yeah. it? Well, there's a vindicate sliver, isn't there? From uh, later sets. I think la- I think yeah, later like sets had a chaos. I think later yeah. sets had a vindicate sliver and a disenchant sliver. <sighs> but God, vindicate sliver would be bonkers. Vind- vindicate sliver would be would be really really good. But at Marauders two, I got to a three and two record with the slivers build, so there's awesome. a little bit of gas in the tank. Yeah. Are you going to keep fiddling with it and play it in tournaments or is oh, it? Yeah. 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 It's a staple. And like using survival of the fittest to just toolbox up slivers is nice. I was playing some side games with Cam, and he was on Psychotog. And like I could, you know, he was tapped out, and so I just go get uh, survival up and cast Clot Sliver, the Regenerator, and now I can just block Psychotog infinitely until I can get, you know, a turn or two later, get Winged Sliver, and then just go up over the top. Do you find that adding um, survival to your deck has increased its power? Oh, absolutely, because yeah. it, it gives it more mid game. Like, step one in the Sliver Evolution was uh, <laughs> when I added uh, Sylvan Library, so now I was able to look at cards and then combine that with Essence Sliver, the lifelinker, uh-huh. to just start drawing a bunch of cards. Classic. But then I I still kept, like I think, one library and then went with the survival, two, I think three survivals, um, and a single squee, that package. Like, if I get that online, I'm just... It's card advantage, right, with squee, and then... Um, just toolboxing whatever slivers up. 
usually I'm going for a bunch of muscle dudes mm-hmm. and then make a flyer and go, go up over the top. Uh, I want to get the Shroud guy at some point, and then their only hope is like Wrath of God. Right. So. Or, uh, you know, Cause I, maybe, maybe, maybe a different card that you might be familiar with. Uh, which one is this? Delicious steam. Delicious steam. Yeah, no, del- pernicious. For, just for the viewers at home here, uh, Carter and I played infinity games of the rat versus slivers uh, all over this godforsaken neighborhood. And um, pernicious deed is basically one black, one green, one colorless, I win against slivers. <laughs> Feels, <laughs> good. Yeah, Feels can, good. Yeah. Feels good. Oh, well. Yeah, it's uh, um, but it's it's fun. It's a, it's a really fun deck. I I uh, I'll absolutely keep tinkering with it because I've kind of staked my claim on that little patch of land. So yeah, yeah. I um I haven't I haven't uh, been buying middle school cards. Uh, I should I should do so. I should do so soon. Um, I've been I've been enjoying playing the rock because y- you just kind of you give you give everybody a game. You get it. You get yeah, a game in. That's my kind you of. You kind of play that's, as that's a, like it's like it. a judo type deck, right? You're taking what they're giving you, and then you're trying to win with what they're giving you. You're it's just good, like honest a, magic. It's just. It's really good, honest magic. Like yeah. you just like Draw some I, cards, yeah. play some dudes. Yeah. Did you? And I and I and I and I like that. <laughs> I like that about it because you kind of get a. You can kind of experience the whole format by playing against everybody. You're not just playing like. Stasis, <laughs> which is the next deck I'd build. So don't well, don't be talking me. Whereas the in like Reanimator, you're just trying to execute a game plan. Yes. Or World over, War over and over again. executing a game Cocoa plan. Cocoa Pebbles, but you and, know whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If they interact with it, good for them. You know. Um, I like tricks. Um, the d- illusions of grandeur deck. No, yeah. he's not talking magic right now. Oh, cereal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. Let's run through our favorite cereal. We we we've of course talked about the long and storied magic tradition of naming naming decks off off cereals. This is kind of the the era that we're entrenched in. But uh, no, I like that deck. I like the idea of like a blue sort of combo control archetype. I think I would. I I saw somebody playing um, the uh, the Pebbles package, but without Necro, and I thought that was cool too. I think that's I think that's got a lot of what was their plan well. then to assemble pieces, just just uh, using yeah just do we'll, we'll just yeah you, yeah using intuition exactly impulse yeah. factor fiction counter spells sort of like the blue there, there's like the blue stew the blue stew is like four accumulated knowledge four counter spell four factor fiction four force of will yeah. and so once once yeah. you've got that that stew you can say do I want to be a control deck do I want to be uh you know going to be a combo deck and you just sort of build build everything around that because that just that package is so powerful by itself this this mixture of card draw and interaction that's really cheap or free in some cases so i would i would try that out trix is also a classic i'm experimenting with that blue stew package in a jeskai build with lightning angel and um, you're really brewing you're putting me to shame (laughs) so far it's not been a it's so far it's uh, it's a lot of error on the trials here yeah we had some cam jams and you were not pleased with no (laughs) well yeah i mean that the the problem that i'm coming into so far is the mana base is just so wretched because the the red white and the blue red 
are just not happening and I'm just yeah. losing too much damage on pain lands. Yeah. So I, I may need to go back to the workshop and tinker with the mana base. Maybe I'm, I could try some mox diamonds. Or... I'm, I'm curious how far we've drifted from the light and would a three color deck of like eight planes, eight island, eight mountain just be fine? Oh, <laughs> no. No? No. No, are you sure? I don't think you would. I know. I don't think you would find your colors. If it was an artifact deck, maybe. There's this old thing in limited, like the Devil's Mana Base. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, six six six. six. Yeah, six yeah. six six. And it just is a is a it, it, tried and true sign that your deck just like absolutely is not okay. going to work. Yeah. I mean, you at least I have the flooded strands in there, but that's my only real mana fixer. Yeah. And then I got this this wealth of pain lands. So I'm just like... <laughs> just getting zapped at all times. Ow, ow, ow. I'm just getting shocked. You cast Lightning Angel and you take two damage and you're like, yeah. oh, this is, is this even worth it? Yeah, it's take two to <laughs> attack for three. And then, fuck, that sucks. But, I mean, Lightning Angel is a baller creature. The art is amazing, but I just don't know that it's feasible. And I, I hate to give Mullen any credit for anything ever, but he's like... I will never lose to that card, and I kind of see what he's saying because by the time you assemble that fucking three-color mana base yeah. to get her out, especially the way I have the deck built right now with so much pain land, it's just not worth it. I should just be saving up for a big fireball or something at that point. So, do you think Anyways, middle school would be better off with all of the fetch lands, yes, all ten colors, well, or do you, or do you think? Of course, it would be. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the most challenging thing about the format is I, I want to play like Abzan or yeah. Rug or something, and it's just like the, I, it breaks down at the mana base. Yeah, I'm like holy crap, it like, just doesn't work. If if you're playing allied colors like Naya or something or Esper, mm -hmm. it, it works because you get two of the fetches, and you know half of it isn't totally dead, mm -hmm. but it's those enemy triads that's yeah. just it's so hard to brew correctly. That's actually a good segue. If we want to go, oh yeah. To the, uh, speaking of speaking of uh, off the wall three color combinations, yeah. You want to talk a little bit about the uh, old school EDH? Oh yeah, enemy wedge. Yeah, the, the lost dragons. Yeah. So we had our inaugural meeting of the of the of the wedges. So five player OS EDH game. Each of us had one of the the lost dragons that Moss and I designed. Uh, it was a really good time. That was like what, like a three or four hour game? Uh, three twenty. Three twenty. Five wizards. Who's wow. keeping count? Uh, yeah, you and me and Shane and Bill and Picardo. And did it end with an infinite combo? It did. Bill took infinite turns. <laughs> he, he did the. He oh. did the Jandor he saddle. He hopped on the horsey. He hopped on the horsey and rode me. <laughs> rode suit up my saddlebags. I got rode hard. Um, yeah, it's great. Time vault and still energy. Animated artifacts. And what was crazy is so this bag. is this is at like nine forty five, and we started a little after six thirty. And I had just dropped a big tsunami on him, like late game tsunami, and oh. wrecked his mana base. I think he top-decked, forgive me, Bill, if I'm wrong here, but I think he top-decked Demonic Tutor that he used to go get, I think, the Instill Energy to put on, uh, and he did the Animate Artifact thing on his Time Vault and Jandor Saddlebag or whatever the fuck it was, I forget, but he had the God, combo awesome. built and then just took me down. Yeah, so for those that don't know, we've we've engineered these missing shard Elder Dragon Legends because in old school there aren't the enemy shard dragons, so it's impossible to build an OSEDH yep. deck out of those. So we got the rug one, which um, basically, so basically the, the design goal was we wanted all of these to be 
just as bad as all the other. <laughs> well, the, the threshold is what I call the nickel bolus test. If it's better than bolus, then it's too powerful. Yeah. And none of ours are better than and, nickel And bolus. if it's worse than Arcadia's Sabbath, <laughs> it's, too it's bad. probably too bad. <laughs> yeah. So there's like a very narrow band of acceptability. It was, yeah. uh, you know, they could have been printed in Legends feasibly. Right. You did, so you didn't want any modern design, you know, you didn't want them to say, uh, you know, you didn't, Exactly. You know, whatever. Like when it hits a player, draw a card. Or... Exactly. Too good. Too powerful. Yeah. So yeah. it's actually a pretty cool challenge because, you know, the, the mana cost is already set for you two and then two of each color. So, you know, eight mana, seven, seven flyer. Definitely has to have the upkeep cost. Yep. That's part of it. That's Absolutely. non negotiable. They all, they all do. Yes. So I'll just run through these really quick. Yeah. So, so the rug one, um, it uh, basically has a concordant crossroads stapled on. Kind of fits the theme of rug, just you know, haste, give everyone haste, kind of chaos, and then it also fits too. I guess we should touch on this: the fact that it's based off Skyrim dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, the the rug dragon is is the traitor, and we thought that giving all the dragons haste kind of fit that a little bit. Yep. Uh, bug guy. Uh, this one we're still debating about. This one's kind of back in the lab as to if we need to change it at all. But basically, it has an activated ability for bug. You can give one of your dudes shroud. Well, right as designed, he shrouds himself. Oh, right. Yes. And so we're thinking about he could he can shroud any creature his controller controls. So the, you use the um, the the deep spawn template, right? Where it doesn't without untap the milling, without the milling. Yeah, and then it doesn't untap on the next upkeep. And right. it doesn't tap on the next next upkeep. That felt buggish. It felt like it was just good enough with uh, Guardian Beasts. Probably not too good, but still kind of fun. Yeah, but your beast is t untapped the next turn. Yeah. So like, you shroud him, protect him from swords or whatever, but then he's going to be tapped for another turn after that. Right. So you're still, you're open right there. So it creates a nice tension. And that's, yeah, yeah. seemed just bad enough, but yeah. also something to <laughs> <Perfect>. maybe, <laughs> maybe try enough. to build your deck towards if you yeah, want to yeah, do that. Yeah. So they could royal assassins. So then you this one's probably swords. my favorite. It's the Abzan one. So black, green, white. Uh, he simply just has regenerate. Yep. I thought that was really cool because it's kind of graveyard themed. Um, then you've got you the won with that one too. Uh, we did another, our very first game we did where uh, you were the only one that used, Tyler was the only one that used uh, a uh, one of these new guys against just standard right. school commander choices. Like right. I like that art, it kind of looks like the Wretched. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's great. Uh, so then we got the Jess guy, so red, white, blue. Um, as long as they are attacking creatures you control have flying. That one's my favorite. So it gives all you flying. That's a, good, that's a good color combination, too. It is. Yeah. Because a lot of those creatures already fly, like in blue and white with Sarah or red with dragons. Mm -hmm. So it's basically irrelevant. So it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so it's horrible. Well, I'm exactly. trying to think of it as on brand. No, yeah. yeah it's, it's absolutely on brand. But so I, he, he was assigned to me last game we played. I had like two creatures. It's like cool. Like all this dude enables me to do is play red, white, and blue. And that's that's his job. Yeah, like, I'm I not mean, playing don't sell yourself short. Tyler attacked with a flying org and then did a big earthquake in his second main phase, and the org had flying and avoided the big earthquake. So there was some cool technology. He's just being overly modest here. That was a sick-ass play. That's some MTG skills. And then last but not least, we've got the white-black-red dude, and he's got a millstone stapled on, so two and tap. Take the top two cards from target player's library and put them in that player's graveyard. 
And we also, of course, used awkward wording on all these, so it kind of fits, and they just blend in. You don't even notice it. These yeah. are all available for scrutiny at the uh, at the Lords of the Pit website, on our EDH by the page, way, yeah. on, our, on our EDH page. When the website is is growing and becoming stronger and stronger, so check it out. It grows by the day. It does. It grows and it shows. A lot of gains on that. A lot of sick gains. <laughs> a lot of get, a lot of gains on the website. Yeah, I'd say it's getting swole. Yeah, EDH is, EDH is really cool. A lot of novel interactions, I'm sure. Yeah, we're going to play again in April, and we're going to play with the same uh, new commanders, but we're going to uh, do old-school 95 EDH, and we're going to play with Ice Age and Homelands cards mixed in. So. It's going to be off the chain. That's <laughs> really great. Yeah. yeah. They might I have to send help for us. <laughs> There's lots of really gnarly Ice Age cards that are like really great, really great additions. I really uh, liked Hymn of Rebirth. Uh, that sorcery, three white green, take a creature from any graveyard and put it in the Oh, yeah, you destroyed us with that. Really cool commander. I want to play with card. Chaos Lord, 7-7 seven, seven first oh, strike. What a great one. Haste. Uh, you count, during your upkeep, you count the number of permanents in play. And then, like, if it's odd, you keep them. If it's even, you give them to an opponent of your of your choice. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, yeah, you, you get the oh. political angle. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, Such yeah. a cool card. So then, but Chaos you, yeah. An amazing art, too. Oh, yeah. The art amazing. I think that's a Brian Snotty build right there. Awesome. Yeah, I'm fantasizing about slamming a Mystic Remora around turn 10, just kind of sliding it under and then drawing 20 cards. And <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's, like, a good regular EDH card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah, when there's even fewer enchantment removal cards. Enchantments are so powerful. There's like no way to answer them. There's, we've talked about this discs. before. I, I mean, everybody's packing it, discs. Yeah. 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 You got to pack a disc. All right. Well, uh, pack it with your lunch. I think that uh, I think that covers the topics. Cool. We've gone through one ISIS album, so <laughs> we, we've clearly been rambling yeah. on for a while. Um, thanks again, Lauren, for uh, for joining us. And, yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Shedding your, shedding your insights on the... Uh, Swedish magic and and middle school. Until next time, my friends, farewell. Bye. See you. Ah.